Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I wouldn't call that a wealth tax, but um, it would help get at uh, capital gains, which um, are an extraordinarily large part of the incomes of the wealthiest individuals. And uh, right now, uh, escape taxation uh, until they're realized. Okay, so what is Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, talking about there? Dumb reading from the Wall Street Journal, but this explains it pretty well. And this all happened over the weekend. And if you're a normal person, you weren't paying attention to it. Democrats are scrambling to try to finance the whole bill back better monstrosity after Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema shot down their plans to raise corporate and individual income tax rates. So that pay for. Remember Joe Biden saying it's all paid for. Five, six trillion dollars. It's all paid for. It's going to cost zero dollars. Well, every little bit of it. He goes into his whispery voice. Their plan to uh, raise uh, corporate tax and uh, income on what they call the working rich got shot down by one senator. So they had to come up with a new plan. And now Democrats are reaching into their grab bag of revenue tricks, says the Wall Street Journal, to pull out a wealth tax on billionaires. Nancy Pelosi confirmed over the weekend on CNN's State of the Union that Democrats will probably have a wealth tax. Um, which is the idea of Taxing billionaires on any money they make, like as the stock market grow, goes up or their businesses make money or or whatever, the details are all still very murky. As is the constitutionality of it. For example, the Wall Street Journal points out, if Jeff Bezos' Beverly Hills compound went up 10% this year, like a lot of houses have. According to someone... He could be taxed on its increase in value. Ditto for Amazon stock holdings. So if your stock went up, and this is only aimed at 700 billionaires, I guess you have to have a billion dollars to qualify? No, you have to have a camel's nose under the tent. Um, that's that's the point. All these things start very, very... Thank you for weighing in there. Uh, the, the, all these things start very, very small. There's just a small group of people. There are a number of historical examples, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Currently, as you know, if you own anything, you only get taxed when you sell it. So if you sell your house and you made $200,000, you have to pay some capital gains tax on that. If you sell your stock that you've had for 20 years... You finally sell it, and it's gone up a certain amount. You you might have to pay tax on it. But now they're they're talking about just seven hundred billionaires who have more than a billion dollars in assets, or have more than a hundred million dollars in income for three consecutive years. That's what qualifies you. They will tax things as they go up that year. Um, now I heard. Now this came from a. We got some great Mitt Romney stuff pointing out the flaws with this. And he's really good at it, so we'll get to that in just a second. But I heard a Democrat pundit, so this is probably a charitable view. I heard a Democrat pundit say this would likely raise $250 billion over 10 years. What? $250 <laughs> over 10 years? So $25 billion a year? You're going to pass a $5 trillion package and pay for it with $25 billion a year. Right, right. Well, I think it's it's a uh, politically speaking, it's a feint 
um, to, A, get the camel's nose under the tent in terms of expanding this rapidly and extensively. And secondly, it, it allows them to say, see, we're paying for it. When really there's no great constituency of voters that demands that government pays for itself anymore anyway. So it just it silences the, the few of us who you know are interested in it. That's a decent just, point. That's why it was such a dumb thing for Biden to say. I don't think the average taxpayer gives a crap how it's paid for anyway, unfortunately. Right. So I think he's just trying to silence pundits mostly. Saying something that's so incredibly obviously untrue was a bad idea. So uh, just a quick example. The alternative minimum tax was uh, initially applied to only the richest, like tenth of a percent of Americans to make sure they're paying their fair share. The alternative minimum tax now applies to millions of people in the middle class. Millions. And, and if you likewise, this this would too. And if you trip that trigger on a yearly basis, you know how damned expensive that is. Yeah, I mean, by what argument could you say, all right, billionaires have to pay a uh, tax on the enhanced value of their stocks or their houses or their whatever, but uh, not people with $10 million. How about five? How about two? How about one? How about $900,000 in the bank? Why is as a revenue hog, as a relentless parasite on the taxpayers, would uh, the Democratic Party ever say, okay, we're satiated, that's enough? They never have, so they never will. Here's a U.S. senator who knows something about business and taxes and how things work. Mitt Romney of Utah explaining why this is a bad idea. First of all, it's not a good idea to tell billionaires, don't come to America, don't start your business here, to tell the Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates and people like that, this isn't the place to begin your business, go somewhere else. That's a bad idea. But number two, you're going to tax people not when they sell something, but just when they own it and the value goes up. And what that means is that people are, these multi-billionaires, are going to look and say, I don't want to invest in the stock market, because as that goes up, I'm going to get taxed. So maybe I will instead invest in a ranch or in paintings or things that don't build jobs and create a stronger economy. That kind of distortion of our economic system is a bad idea. What if we had a president that sounded like that? That seemed to understand business and talk plain, plainly? Yeah. Could yeah. we get one of those at any time soon? Here's really a, tried. <laughs> here's a little, little more of Mitt Romney, and this will make, I think, sense to anybody. The idea of taxing people as the value of something goes up, not when they sell it, but just when the value goes up, that, that's a pretty dramatic change. And the unintended consequences from that kind of change, I don't, don't think the Democrats have thought through. And whether it applies to 700 billionaires or 700,000 Americans, ultimately, the idea of taxing people based on the value of something going up suggests values will keep going up. What happens when they go down? Are they going to get a refund check? Are they going to get paid interest uh, for not having a, uh, had the benefit of their money during the time when they were taxed when it went up before? There, there's so many problems with a dramatically new tax scheme that I don't think the Democrats have thought through. I, I, you know, I, I think it's a big mistake. Yeah, I mean that points out some flaws to where it's just completely. It should. It should. That that idea should fold up its tent and go home today. I mean, it just how how would you possibly work that out? So in that mythical idea they had in the Wall Street Journal, Bezos's twenty million dollar home goes up ten percent. Okay, right. and he pays taxes on that ten percent. Uh, next year, the the, st- the uh, housing market in California collapses, which is inevitable and going to happen any day, maybe this afternoon, and goes down fifteen percent. So the taxpayers owe them a refund, or how does that work exactly? Well, and as Mitt points out, that uh, that gain was illusory, and he never realized it. So we took his money based on something that really didn't happen, except theoretically on paper. So is he owed interest, or, or what? I thought that was a great point. And then the, the, the other Romney clip I really want to play, unless you had something more on that uh, clip, Jack, 
Um, 34, this is not only a good, uh, you know, uh, an apt comment on this topic. Oh, and it's it, worth, worth pointing out what Joe said to make sure, because I, I have a feeling there might be some people listening thinking, I'm not, I'm not even close to one of the 700 billionaires. As Joe has already said, this will grow. So you'll end up in this crowd. All right. That's why this is important. It's as inevitable as the sunrise. A few hundred turns into a few thousand, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, then hundreds of millions. It's guaranteed. Anyway, um, and uh, then uh, in in this next clip, he makes a good point about this topic, but also about uh, economics in general. And this is something we've talked about countless times on the show. And and so few politicians and so few voters, present company accepted folks, of course, uh, keep this sort of thing in mind. 34, Michael. I know a lot of people recognize that with nature, everything is connected. And that if you change some portion of our natural system, why it could have an impact throughout our natural uh, environment. Well, the same is true in the economy. When you change dramatically an aspect of how we tax people, you can expect a lot of unintended consequences. And this new tax idea uh, is not a great idea, in my opinion. You must always ask, how will people react to this? If we put a 20% tax on pears, people will certainly buy more apples or comparable products. If you make it extremely, well, better way to put it, if you remove the incentive for investing in the stocks of American companies, you will have people invest less in the stocks of American companies. I don't know uh, if you're familiar with your 401k, that's what's in there. That is the retirement savings of the vast, uh, you know, majority of the middle class. Uh, that part of the middle class that actually has retirement savings. So the unforeseen consequences could be absolutely catastrophic and enormous. You know, there's there's more that could be said on this. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to wear it out, but. Um, it's not clear, the Wall Street Journal points out in another place, that the tax would apply to non-financial assets like artwork, jewelry, intellectual prof- property. If so, more Americans could get soaked since the IRS will no doubt inflate the value of non-financial assets, as it often does with the estates of high earners. Tax court ruled this year that the late entertainer Michael Jackson's likeness and image were worth about $157 million less than the IRS claimed. Will the widened plan tax Americans' likeness and image? How about copyrights and patents? The, the list goes on and on. This is worth mentioning. Complexity of a plan like this, because it's just so complicated you can't do it, is one reason that European countries, including France, Germany, and Sweden, have abandoned their wealth taxes. This That's is, right. They started them up and said, oh, no, this has been a disaster. That were touted by Bernie Sanders and that crowd for a long time and are still touted even though they got rid of them. Why did they get rid of them? Well, many of the rich dodged wealth taxes, as Mitt was just talking about, by exploiting carve-outs or just moving to a different country. Sweden abolished its wealth tax in 2007 following an exodus of capital and business tycoons. The the super-rich just left the country. France repealed its net wealth tax in 2018, estimating that some 10,000 people with 35 billion euros worth of assets had left for tax reasons, had left the country. And you'd see that in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, it's guaranteed. It's absolutely guaranteed. uh, We'll talk about this later, probably, but just to throw it in now um, so we can switch to something else. I listened to a great podcast about taxes and 
you know, the lefties Bernie and Elizabeth Warren are always talking about Sweden and various countries and look at their tax. The thing that they leave out is how heavily taxed the middle class is in those countries. Those countries, the middle class pays the bulk of the taxes. They get a lot of services, but they pay incredibly high taxes. The average person does. In the United States, we have the top 10% paying the bulk of all the taxes. And the middle class is getting all these services and not paying for it. And there aren't enough rich people. That's why we keep growing our debt. That's why we're upside so far upside down. There just aren't enough rich people. The money is in the middle class because that's the bulk of people. If you want to have this giant government services safety net lifestyle, the middle class has to pay for it. It's the only way to make it work. And my final note is the rich have written the tax code. The idea that this will somehow soak them and they won't find their way around it is wrong. You want to, you want the, the rich to quote unquote play their, pay their fair share, go with the fair or the flat tax or something like it. Anyway, I think this one's dead on arrival. So I don't know what their next plan is going to be. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Let's go, Brandon. So, (laughs) get your Let's Go Brandon t-shirts, hats, and hoodies at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, yeah. So that lady right there, that sportscaster, that's the genesis of the Let's Go Brandon thing. Let's go, Brandon. The crowd is chanting F Joe Biden. And she plays it off as, let's go, Brandon. She claims, let's go, Brandon. She claims they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Not sure whether she was mishearing or just trying to stay on the air. And again, if you want a T-shirt, I, well, we got all kinds of different hats. we got the flat bill, if you're like me, if you like to rock the flat bill, or the trucker cap, or the whatever kind you got. we got the hoodie, we got the T-shirts. The uh, let's go, Brandon. But so, the Washington Post is really unhappy with America. Oh, for doing boo, this. I freaking actually, who? I actually am, too. I don't think it's a good thing. I, I, I think I think we're headed down a bad road. Where the Washington Post is out of bounds is acting like this is new, which is pointed out by the Washington Examiner. So let's back up just a moment here. The Washington Post, uh, what they said, blah, 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 blah. Biden is increasingly becoming an object of hatred to many Trump supporters, the Washington Post reported, conceding that boos, jeers, and insults are nothing new for politicians. The current eruption of anti-Biden signs and changes, however, is on another level, far more vulgar than widespread than anything recently seen. No. To which anyone who was awake from 2016 to 2020 might ask, what? Says the Washington Examiner. What are you talking about? And this is in particular Byron York going through recent history. Uh, Donald Trump and the attacks on him and the prominence of those attacking the president far exceeded anything seen so far in the Biden administration. To illustrate the point, let's focus specifically on the phrase F Trump, saying the actual word. Will you remember in 2018 when actor Robert De Niro appeared at the Tony Awards ceremony in New York? His role was to introduce a performance by Bruce Springsteen, but he started with this. I'm going to say one thing. F Trump. And the audience gave De Niro a standing ovation. As they cheered, De Niro said, it's no longer down with Trump, it's F Trump. And the crowd cheered wildly. Now, this was not some woman standing on a street corner in Scranton, Pennsylvania with the sign. The Washington Post mentions some woman. When when Biden came to his hometown, there was a woman on the quarter with a sign that said, 
F Trump and how oh, awful it is. F that Biden. The, yeah. F Biden. Yeah. It said F, you know, <laughs> F Joe Biden. And, yeah. and how awful it is that our culture has degraded that much that fast because right wingers are so mean spirited. As um, Byron York points out, this is not some woman on a street corner in a sign. This is a most celebrated and honored actor of his generation appearing before the entertainment elite at the Tony Awards on a nationally televised event saying with great pride, F Trump, and getting a standing ovation. <laughs> and the lady on the corner is a national crisis. Right. <laughs> In June 2020, at a Los Angeles art gallery, organized a hybrid virtual expedition exhibition and protest where all the works of art at the exhibition were some sort of F Trump. The Los Angeles Magazine talked about how fantastic it was, the integral campaign to fight back against the blah, blah, blah BS. Wow. In August 2017, the rapper Eminem appeared at a music festival in England. During his set, he launched into an anti-Trump diatribe. The audience cheered and began chanting, F Donald Trump, unprompted, Billboard reported. While Eminem then said he requested of the audience, when I say F, you say Trump. They go on with more examples of really high-profile F Trump stuff. And, hey, Washington Post, what are you talking about? When you say it's just, it's, uh, you know, nasty language in politics has always existed, but never anything like this from Trump supporters. That is hilarious. It is. It absolutely is. You know, as I've said many times, politicians and the legacy media, the cathedral, is that what we're supposed to call them? Uh, uh, Principles for them are like light jackets in the fall. You put them on when you need them, then you take them off when they're inconvenient. It's simple as that. That De Niro example. So a a college crowd at a football game, that's awful. But De Niro at the Tonys, national television. To the delight of the assembled gods we all worship. Gets a standing ovation. Come on. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Actor Brad Pitt recently announced that his winery will release a new rosé champagne. Though women are more interested in his Pinot. (laughs) No, no, no. There is a man named Mike Scollins who wrote that joke. And if we start rewarding him, he will multiply. That's kind of amusing. Childish, but amusing. Speaking, of course, we were just talking about the, the Washington Post and really not happy with the blank Joe Biden chants all across America and how we've moved into a new... Uh, era of ugliness that didn't exist because of the awful Trump voter and forgetting a whole bunch of different things as pointed out by others we got this text does the Washington Post remember Colbert calling Trump Putin's c-word holder remember that that's pretty coarse talk mm-hmm. on the number one evening show and uh what's her name the uh the comedian holding the hey, Kathy Griffin Kathy Griffin mm-hmm. the severed head that, that's fairly harsh I don't like any of this. I wish we'd go back to a gentler time. I think it's all over the top, but let's not pretend it's one-sided, all right? It's tit for tat. That's how it gets this way. Um, Interesting thing happened with Tesla yesterday uh, on some news, which we'll mention. I'm a Tesla owner, by the way. I should mention that just so you know that I am uh, shading all of this information to my benefit. Deeply biased is the phrase I would Deeply use, but go biased. on. Uh, Tesla hit a trillion dollars in value yesterday 
just the fourth company to do so. Um, it had a pretty big rise in the stock market. It's a staggering business achievement, says the Wall Street Journal. 12.7% leap because of the news that Hertz is going to buy 100,000 Tesla Model 3 cars for its oh. rental fleet, which is a huge story for a couple of reasons. First of all, Tesla only produced a half a million cars total in 2020, and here's 100,000 that Hertz is going to buy, and the idea that this is going to allow a whole bunch of people that would never get the chance to drive a Tesla to oh, drive a Tesla and decide, right. hey, I need one of these. Right. And for those reasons, it uh, stock shot up, and it's over a trillion dollars. It says here in the Wall Street Journal, it seems only yesterday in 2018 that Apple became the first trillion-dollar company. Now, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Alphabet, which owns Google, and Tesla are the trillion-dollar companies. Apple's now worth $2.5 trillion. Tesla, and this is hard to wrap around your head around. For a company that sold, what what did I say, 200,000 cars? Half a million cars in 2020. Um, and half of them are sold in California. Tesla's market cap of over a trillion dollars exceeds that of the next nine largest automakers combined. So Tesla's worth over a, a trillion. Toyota's second at $237 billion. GM, which used to be, as goes GM, as goes America, is worth $84 billion. Wow. Compared to Tesla's trillion dollars. Wow. Ford is worth $64 billion. I know. It's impossible to wrap your head around. Anyway, the article in the New York, the Wall Street Journal. Wait a minute. Ford, the maker of the number one vehicle in the country for the last 780 years, the F-150, is worth that compared to Tesla, well, allegedly. why a lot of people think the Tesla stock is way, 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 way overvalued. Hmm. They're betting on the future, I guess. Um. Anyway, so the Wall Street Journal is making the argument, why do we still give Tesla tax breaks? It's the fourth most successful company in the world. You still get a $7,500 tax credit if you buy a Tesla. And there are all kinds of different breaks that Tesla gets as an electric car maker. And Wall Street Journal is saying, hey, I don't want the Democrats to take Elon Musk's gains as a billionaire, but I don't want to give them tax breaks either. That's the argument from the Wall Street Journal. Discuss amongst yourselves. I don't know. It's kind of over my head, but. Well, we really want to incentivize people to buy electric cars. Yes, the so, green new economy. So, oh, I didn't, I didn't read one uh, paragraph in this Wall Street Journal article that angered me as a Tesla driver. Um, Tesla drivers are a bunch of annoying wusses. Well, the Hertz purchase will broaden public awareness of Tesla's vehicles, enhancing its chances to become a mass market brand rather than a virtue signaling indulgence of the affluent. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Now, signaling affluence with a car is time-tested, and I am 100% guilty of that. But I'm not virtual signaling crap. I don't, care about the pants, I don't care about the planet and global warming. I've made that clear for years. <laughs> so fancy, so pretentious. I commute, and I got a little red wagon. I put one knee in it. I got the other leg out. I push myself with it. Right. That's the way I drive. Huh? Exactly. Anyway, so you've thrown the the word a trillion around a lot there. 
Why don't we play that other clip? We have one more clip from Mitt Romney that I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Everybody enjoys these illustrations. You've heard a dozen different uh, versions of this, but clip 36, Michael. But $1.9 trillion that the Biden administration put out in January, now asking for trillions of dollars more. I I hope you understand how much a trillion is. A million seconds ago, it was early October. A billion seconds ago, George, George Herbert Walker Bush was president. A trillion seconds ago, a trillion seconds ago, Neanderthals walked, walked the earth. So a trillion is an enormous amount of money. And the Democrats, I think, are adding fuel to a fire, creating more inflation, and it's hurting the American whoa, people. Whoa, 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 there should have been a trigger warning there. Trigger warning for me, Joe Getty, that my people, my people who have been wiped out were referenced. I thought that was a great in- illustration, too. Uh, when people do, you know, if you stacked it high, go to the moon and back. That does me no good, um, really. Yeah. Uh, or would circle the earth five times or whatever. But that, giving you the difference between a billion seconds and a trillion seconds, you would, because th- we are completely out of whack uh, as to what we think a trillion dollars is. Right. An right. unimaginable amount of money. Just So if the small bill passes, the little one that's guaranteed, the one and a half trillion, it'll be the third biggest non-emergency spending bill in U.S. history. Right. And that's right. the excuse me, uh, nobody's even of all the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's the excuse me, nobody even even doubting that one. Mm-hmm. So we're we're so far off the rails. I don't know, it's like if you're a family, you just all of a sudden you just you know spend five hundred dollars every night at a restaurant. You just do that now. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know the the most helpful way to comprehend a trillion. I, I'm going to try to get this right. Is to move from two uh, two figures, the number ten. To three figures, you need ten of those. To move from three figures to four, you need ten of those, right? You need, but to move, because by the time you get to a million, a thousand million is a billion. And then to go from a billion to a trillion, it's a thousand billion to get to a trillion, right? So it's, it's, uh, I almost said ergonomic. It's uh, d- d- exponential. You, exponential, yeah. I mean, it's not. They're, they're, each one is ten times bigger the rate of growth than the one before. A trillion is an incomprehensible number, and a bad idea. Uh, I'm sorely, sorely disappointed at the lack of reaction to a story we did last week. Uh, I want to tell you about that in a second. After a quick uh, car-related note from our friends at Car Shield. If you get hit with an unexpected car repair, you lose your money, and you spend a tremendous amount of time. If you don't have the right coverage, just one repair could bleed you dry. Well, if you have Car Shield, you won't be worried about expensive repairs anymore. Car Shield administrators handle the paperwork and expensive payments so you don't have to. It's a win-win. Man, that's not a minor point to me. The fact that they handle the paperwork is is huge. Uh, could save you thousands. You get to choose the mechanic that does the work. Car Shield's administrators take care of the rest. It is such a simple way to protect your card. They provide coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental coverage, trip reimbursement, all at no additional charge. Get coverage today. See why Car Shield cars go farther. Visit carshield.com slash Armstrong to save 10%. That's carshield.com slash Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Uh, check into it. See if it's for you. carshield.com slash Armstrong. 
So I was uh, I was closing my my tabs as I do before we start the show every day. Make sure we're not going to you know retalk about the stuff from yesterday. And I left open the tab um, about that that article from the Atlantic that we talked about a lot last week about that new kind of meth. The meth on the streets is chemically different than the one everybody grew up with. Um, Grandma's meth that left her toothless and homeless. Right, but it only left her toothless and homeless after years of abuse. A year minimum in this new meth, and it's all the meth on the streets right now, or it's virtually all the meth on the streets. This meth causes serious mental illness and physical degradation within weeks, not years. And it is absolutely the explanation for the bum and junkie explosion on America's streets. From coast to coast and all points in between, particularly in blue cities where it's sick, super easy to be a junkie. I have seen virtually no echo chamber coverage of that story. No, it's disappointing. Since we crafted all these multi-billion dollar policies, particularly in cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco, multi-billion dollar policies around the idea that it's a housing shortage or rents too high or income inequity or whatever, and not that... No, there's a new kind of meth around that makes people crazy, so they can't work. Well, right, and that conventional drug rehab is unlikely to work. Is Conventional drug rehab is unlikely to work with the old meth or with any other drug or alcohol or the rest of it. It's, it's, it's a hard thing, and the person uh, you know in question has to be completely invested in it. So why isn't every single story about homelessness, why doesn't it include the discussion of this new meth? And, and, and how incredibly important it needs to be when you're considering solutions, how well, significant it is. I think uh, pretty obviously for most corporate media that leans left, if you're going to talk about the new meth, then that gives the person that's on the street responsibility for why they're there. As opposed to being a completely innocent victim. You're an innocent victim of housing prices and income inequity and billionaires not paying their fair share and all that. And probably Donald Trump somehow or other. Yeah, exactly. Racism. Throw in some racism. Uh, Why not? Some transphobia. The racism is like salt. It's good in everything. Yeah, if it's uh, because the meth has made you crazy, well, then that's, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. Or at the very least, uh, some sort of $12 billion program, I'm looking at you, Gavin Newsom, that doesn't even address that reality is bound to fail. Anyway, that's enough of that. I just... Hey, Hanson, do we have that whistling sound? Have you loaded that yet? Yeah, Would you so like a can, whistling sound? Can, can you? <laughs> this is a different whistling sound. Can you play it, Michael, and then I'll tell people what it is after they guess a little bit. coming to uh, harvest our vital organs, clearly. Me, after Taco Bell. I put the microphone to my belly. Oh, boy. Um, so what was the name of the big storm that rolled through the West Coast over the weekend? You got a, you had a cool name for it. Well, it, it's not the name of the storm. It's a description. It's a double-bomb atmospheric river. Double-bomb atmospheric river. Yes. Me and my frat buddies would like two of those, Barkeep. A double-bomb atmospheric river. Ooh. Um, of course I'm 21. Here's my ID. Hand me your keys. Um, So that big storm whipped through. That was what it sounded like on the Golden Gate Bridge on Sunday as the wind was whistling through the thing and it was swaying back and forth. Somebody had their cell phone out uh, driving through. And yeah, I got to tell you, if I'm driving across the Golden Gate Bridge and it's moving a little bit and making that sound, I'm 
getting off the bridge. I'm driving fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving fast. The thing with extraordinary events is you got to wonder, was this bridge, was this building, was this road made to handle this? You don't know. Probably was, but... Well, it would seem it, it was, as it's still standing. Yeah, but. but you don't make a bridge to withstand a million mile an hour wind. Because you're never going to get one. Well, where did no. you put that number? Was it below or above the wind we've got right now? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could bore you with facts about the construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, but A, we're out of time, and B, nobody wants to hear it. But it, it really is quite an amazing structure, and it's lasted all this time. And and was built in a, about a tenth of the time at a tenth of the expense, adjusted for inflation, that it would cost these days. And if you've never walked or run across it, you're missing out on one of the great delights of life. Indeed. Um, if you miss an hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, you can get on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's go, Brandon, to you and yours. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are those who think even that phrase is coarse because it's a stand-in for the you-know-what and all. Sure. I I disagree completely. We can talk about that more later. Also, there is a column of thousands, thousands of humans from all sorts of countries, dozens and dozens of countries, working their way through Mexico, heading for our border, utterly determined, outwardly admitting they're determined to just enter the country. No matter the laws of the United States. And the Biden administration has made no indication they're going to do anything about it. Texas is mobilizing their National Guard. This is going to be something. We'll talk about it more later. But uh, certainly you, I, we, all of us need to keep our eye on the situation. It's it's probably weeks away from actually, uh, you know, exploding, but it's coming. So this is called a shot and a chaser on Twitter. I didn't realize that's the term. A shot and a chaser. Do tell. Where they come up with, like, a tweet... And then another tweet to follow it to make a point. Thanks, Twitter! A shot and a chaser. Okay. Just kind of an interesting phenomenon. All right. For instance, the shot in this case is Jake Tapper of CNN tweeting out about Biden's falling polling numbers, which we're going to get to in a second. The biggest reason is that Americans believe there are big economic problems that the Biden team is not focused nearly enough on them. That's the shot from Jake Tapper. Here's the chaser. A tweet from Vice President Kamala Harris. President Biden and I have released the first ever national gender strategy. <laughs> one that is bold in strategy and one this moment calls for. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's well, well crafted. Jake Tapper saying the poll numbers are going down because people don't believe the Biden administration is focused on the right things. And Kamala Harris saying they've re- released their gender strategy. You're what now? See, it's moments like this that give me hope because that was Jake Tapper. That was not Sean Hannity. Your national gender Tucker Carlson. That was Jake Tapper what on CNN. What the hell is Please a Please nat- do not use gendered language to your, to address in, everyone. In your gender strategy. Here's my to, national gender strategy. Have the doctor give me a look, and then that's what I am. And then if you change to something else later, okay, fine, but you don't get to participate in sports. Right. Um. The end. Anyway. It's unfreaking believable. A national gender strategy. To stop, stop inventing things. <laughs> uh, Biden's average approval rating drops to new low 
This is from 538. That's the uh, polling organization that keeps a look at these sorts of things. The average among your major polls is down to 42%. Which and polls? All of them. And the, okay. And the headline there is that <laughs> Joe Biden's approval ratings are worse than every recent president, except one at this stage. And I think we all know who the one is, and that one almost got reelected. So Biden had an average of 42%. Oh, that that's just Gallup. We're just looking at Gallup on this one. Uh, Gallup is at, uh, got Biden at 42%, 272 days into his presidency. Trump was at 37. That's the only president in that, that Gallup has ever uh, had that was lower. I am not certain of this theory, but I'm pretty certain that a large share of the disapproval of Trump was that the entirety of the legacy media was branding him as a Russian agent at the time. Yeah, yeah. No one has ever, and Bob Woodward said this, among others, nobody ever faced media headwind like Donald Trump did early on. Undeserved media headwind. Right. Now, Trump definitely brought some of the headwind on himself, but yeah, I think my point being that Biden is unpopular because he's so terrible at the job, not because of some, you know, he's, he's brash and he tweets badly or whatever. But a Biden is 10 points lower, lower than Barack Obama was at this time. He's half what George W. Bush was at this time because 9-11 had happened. Mm. Uh, Bill Clinton was at 47, got reelected. Uh, George H.W. Bush was at 70, didn't get reelected. That was because of the fall of the Berlin Wall and Tiananmen Square is why he was at 70%. He was also 20 years Biden's junior, so you know, that's going to factor in if we're talking re-election. Uh, good point. Reagan was at 53. Even Jimmy Carter was at 54%. Biden's numbers have fallen precipitously in Gallup polling over the last several months. Just as recently as June, he had 56%. What caused them to drop? Afghanistan, it would seem. And I say that it's not actually because of afghanistan i don't think the average person is that concerned about us getting out of afghanistan it blew up the myth that grown-ups were in charge i think that's it i think it was uh, no no, now we've got a a competent grown-up but no we don't apparently we don't oh never mind then yeah i think you know there are a bunch of different issues combined uh, have contributed to a creeping awareness that the guy is not up to the job and his administration is not competent around him I'm wearing a stupid should hurt hat right now with a Let's Go Brandon t-shirt. You can get them at armstrongandgetty.com. Do you know that? Armstrong and Getty.